Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a Monday holiday week this week. Uh, so I think everybody, I don't know, everyone's a little off today, thinking I only have to make it to Wednesday and then I get Thursday off. Some people get Friday off, some don't. Uh, but there is news is not going to stop. That's the one thing I can predict uh, for this Fourth of July week uh, is that things are going to continue to uh, rock light along. So we have a lot to cover in the fastest 30 minutes of radio today. And uh, we'll be joined in our second segment today uh, by Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute at the University of Utah. So we'll talk about some of the polling, some of the fallout from the first Democratic debate last week. We'll also look at the Salt Lake City mayor race uh, where we'll have a vote coming up in August and uh, some debates, uh, additional debates coming up uh, on that front as well. So stay close by. Uh, we'll hit that with Jason Perry coming up here at about 1247. So don't go anywhere. Uh, all right. I want to dive into a few of the happenings over the weekend. Uh, President Trump was at the G20 summit in Japan. Uh, a lot of posturing, a lot of posing uh, going on there, as is always the case at the G20 and uh, but some interesting things on the ride home. He decided uh, President Trump decided since he was in the neighborhood, he should stop in and uh, do a little visit to North Korea. Uh, first sitting United States president to do so. And the really interesting thing, the, the fallout from this has been pretty interesting and very predictable, to be honest. Uh, you have the supporters of the president who are saying this is diplomacy. This is statesmanship. This is doing the right thing for the country. Uh, and you have those who are against the president saying this is reckless. This is validating a, a tyrannical dictator uh, who oppresses his people. And and so it goes back and forth from a political standpoint, which is the problem. Uh, because if you if you really look at it, there's some there's some fascinating correlations between what is going on with Korea and what President Obama did with Iran, Venezuela, Cuba uh, and others. And so to me, it's one of these classic, depending on which side of the political aisle you're on, is how you are going to view what happened over the weekend. Uh, even getting right down to the policy issues. Uh, the New York Times broke earlier this morning uh, saying that there were sources inside the White House saying that they were working on a strategy, a plan uh, for North Korea that would allow basically become a freeze that would basically freeze North Korea where they are in terms of their nuclear uh, arsenal and development and 
again, a lot of people are crying foul and saying this is awful and terrible and dangerous. But, of course, if you flip the switch and go back to Iran, people were saying the same things about President Obama and dealing with a dictator who oppresses its people and doesn't allow free speech or freedom of religion and so on, and they're dangerous and to have nuclear capability. Iran itself reported this morning, self-reported that they have exceeded the amount of uh, nuclear material that they've been able to enhance, so they have broken the uh, Iran deal. Although, remember, President Trump uh, withdrew the United States from the Iran deal um, about a year or so ago, I want to say, and but again, there are a lot of our allies and partners that are still part of that deal. And so so what happens with with Iran? So so to me, the fascinating thing in all of this is we're we're really watching uh, same song, different chorus is all we're seeing here. And, and while some people uh, I heard one commentator this morning who said, you know, if President Obama had walked across that line into into North Korea, you know, they would have been putting him up for the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, but the fact that it was President Trump, uh, people had to criticize and say, you know, this is reckless and, and dangerous. And and to me, it's, again, same song, different chorus. And how we choose to deal with dictators is a big deal in this country. Uh, to me, the most important thing is that Congress has got to get involved in the process of all of these things. We have so many deals that are being signed unilaterally, unilaterally. Uh, deals that are being signed just, you know, with the president's action, not going to Congress first. Uh, and so there's a there's a host of things where we've got to get the the politics right uh, if we're ever going to get the policy right. And so anyway, I, I think this will be fascinating to continue to, to watch play out. You've got people hyperventilating on both sides of the aisle. Uh, and as always, you also have people raising money on both sides of the aisle. Uh, and to me, that's uh, that's a big part of the problem. Uh, I also wanted to <clears throat> to hit really quickly, uh, over the weekend, you had a tweet that went out regarding uh, presidential candidate and United States Senator from California, Kamala Harris. And uh, the, the tweet was retweeted by Donald Trump Jr. And it was basically saying that uh, Kamala Harris uh, really doesn't count as black because her parents are Indian and Jamaican. And so she can't claim all of the, the things in terms of the African-American experience. Uh, the tweet was quickly taken down, and but the debate continued. In fact, I, uh, I sat on a panel on MSNBC uh, yesterday morning, and, and we talked about this. And, of course, the easiest thing to do is to turn it into a political battle, uh, which is what happened with some of the members of the panel who wanted to say, you know, this is the first step. Uh, towards poll taxes and voter suppression and a, and a host of other horribles uh, that they wanted to take it to. Uh, when I had a chance to weigh in, uh, to me, the, the issue is contempt. Uh, more than we have a political polarization problem in this country, we have a contempt problem in this country. Uh, and contempt, uh, as our good friend uh, Arthur Brooks says, is, is the belief in the worthlessness of another human being. Because if I believe that you are worthless, then I can say whatever I want to say about you on Twitter. I can blow up your Facebook feed. Uh, I can do all kinds of things. And I can still sleep at night and go to church on Sunday because you are worthless. And it's it's that contempt problem uh, that leads to all of the other problems uh, that we have in society. So we have to step away from that. Uh, on MSNBC, I, I even went a little further and said, look, this is... 
this is where we see leadership ever either step up or, or not. But it's not going to come out of some marble hall building. It's going to come out of our communities. Uh, I, I referenced the, uh, the conversation that happened uh, down in New Zealand with the imams from the two churches that were attacked and 51 people killed. Uh, you want to talk about hate. You want to talk about contempt. Someone going in and actually taking life. But then what happened? Community came together. People came together. And people came together from the Muslim community, from Christian communities. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints made donations to both of those mosques. But even more than the monetary donations was the commitment from the people in the local community to come together, to reach out, to lift up. And and that's the real key. And, and we're going to see things continue to spiral downward, sadly, as we enter the 2020 election cycle. Uh, but to me, it's it's a contempt issue. And you can take anything that happens out there and you can turn it into a left versus right issue if you want to. Uh, I think the real test for all of us is can we turn it into a community issue, which leads to community solutions. Uh, that's the bottom line. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, uh, the great Jason Perry will join us from the Hinckley Institute. We'll break down the numbers, the fallout from the uh, debates last week, fundraising for the Democrats, uh, and the big mayor race right here in Salt Lake City. So stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. <laughs> 